Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode 39 of Wings, Beers, and Tears. Some more DMV sports banter coming at you this week from Montgomery County, Maryland. First of all, I'd like to thank everybody that listens. We have recently eclipsed over a thousand downloads here in our first 38 episodes. What the hell's wrong with you people? Which is 38 episodes. That's awesome. That's crazy. So, in any event, we will continue to chug along if for no other reason. We really? We enjoy getting together and uh, shooting the shit once a week and bringing you some of our sports insight as it pertains to D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So let's get right to it. I am Todd, joined as always by Jeremy. How are you? Yo, I am doing great, fellas. Excellent. It's good to see you boys. And Jerry, how are you, man? My fucking microphone's broken. I think it's one of you bastards. It probably is. It's either us or somebody came in and hijacked it and fucked with it. I did have a party here, and maybe stuff got knocked around. (laughs) That's definitely what it is. So bear with us. Thanks for the invite, (laughs) Jerry. Bear with us on the feed this evening as we get going. We have a ton of shit to talk about. Let's set the table in no particular order, and then we will attack the topics as we see fit. First of all, the NHL trade deadline looms. Monday it is. We will get into what the Caps have done and whether they will do anything more. Your number seven Maryland men's basketball team continues to roll, continues to uh, shoot up in the preliminary March Madness uh, brackets, and uh, we hope and pray that they stay healthy and they continue to rock because they are fun to watch right now. And your Washington Redskins, as always, take the headlines. Um, there's always something going on in the NFL at Redskins Park. It all just fucking ties back together. Uh, I swear to God, you hear XFL talk now, and it ties back in with the Redskins and with the NFL. So we can't get away from American football. It is upon us, and uh, the combine and the draft loom large for our burgundy and gold. But I say we kick it off with your Washington Capitals, who continue to limp along a little bit. Uh, They recently just got passed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are now in first place in the Metropolitan Division. (laughs) Fucking take me now, Lord. (laughs) I know that Jerry's Jerry's faithful Pittsburgh friends have let him know in spades that the Caps are no longer at the top of the division. Um, And they have one trade currently under their belt. Uh, One Brendan Dillon came from the West Coast, from the Bay Area, from San Jose. And he is now a Washington Capitol and is set to make his debut in about 45, 50 minutes. And uh, as we thought, a depth defenseman. Um, but he appears to have a little bit more impact. Jeremy, I will send it your way, sir. Well, love the deal, first of all. Something we knew they needed. Um, I'm really hoping this turns out to be a Kempney-esque deal. Different player entirely than Kempney. But um, if he can slot into the top four somewhere, um, it just it pushes every other piece into a better spot. Yep. Um, I love the PK ability. Only thing I'm a little bit apprehensive about is he did play top four minutes, but it was in San Jose, and they kind of stink, right, first of all. And I think he was only playing those minutes because other guys were hurt. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not capable. Right. It's just that I'm not sitting here saying, oh, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a minutes eater, no question about it kind of thing. I'm just not sure. Yeah. Um, now, that said, sounds like he's going to play with Carly tonight, top, mm-hmm. top pair. Yep. Um, and if he can hang, it's it's perfect because uh, you know you'll get you'll you maybe get Carly off the PK a little bit, reduce that time for him. Um, That's a good and point. Put Dylan out there instead. So 
He's uh, a big dude, too. He's 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 a big, tough son of a bitch. Probably um, the biggest D, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I don't know if he's as tough as Gudis because Gudis is just mean. But Dylan's got that. He's a very classic, tough, big, strong defenseman. Um, he appears to skate okay. Um, again, he played played in San Jose. They're, they're not having a good year. But, I mean, he was getting a lot of minutes last year. I look back at his minutes chart. He... Uh, um, he can kind of slot in anywhere. He can be a bottom third guy. He can be a top pair. He can slide in the middle. Like you said, he can play the PK. Obviously, he doesn't back down from physicality. Apparently, he and Hathaway have had some nice uh, bouts over the years when Hathaway was out west Absolutely. as well. Um, so they, they have a lot of respect for one another. And I think, you know, not lost in all of this, and it's still very early. He hasn't even fucking played a minute yet, but he appears to be very well-liked league-wide and from San Jose. He's a uh, really good, classic locker room guy, so that's a good thing. We're not getting somebody that's coming in with some baggage and thinks he's you know God's gift to playing D. I think he just likes playing hockey. He's pretty fucking good at it, and he's big and strong. So well, Even our old buddy uh, Joe Ward had a nice ringing endorsement, apparently, yep. of him yep. to his old teammates. So Absolutely. So, Jerry, is this what we needed to right the ship? <laughs> are, you, uh, are you still... Uh, are you still digging your way out of the Blaine Forsyth? I, I, hear, he hates, I hear he hates Penguins, so that's a good thing. <laughs> is, uh, is Todd Reardon still the coach? He is still the coach. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and Blaine Forsyth is still on the staff. So, yeah, you know. Pastries. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I trust Jeremy. I mean, I don't know uh, <clears throat> a lot about the X's and O's of it, but apparently when I, heard, when I heard that they traded a second and third, they're not doing that for a depth guy. Um even with the eating the salary of, I think San Jose is keeping half the salary. So, does anybody have to get moved? No, no. We still got a uh, no. over a million in space, and that pushes to two if you send Siegs down, for example. I didn't know. I, I, I I'm not as uh, tuned into the full landscape as I once was, especially trade deadline time. But I didn't know that there was anybody as affordable as Dylan who could be as impactful as him. And yet again, we have no idea what's going to happen. But McClellan did a nice job bringing in an asset. That can play top four minutes, which we clearly need. Um, and now, you know, now it's up to your boy Reardon. How does uh, how does he roll it out? How does he well, make it work? When he did this with Jensen, he brought him in and extended him immediately. Yes, um, he hasn't done that yet, so you don't know and how that's going to turn out. Uh, but Jensen's been, clearly been the disappointment. I don't think McClellan even hid that fact that uh, Kepney and Jensen weren't uh, towing the line. Right. Doing what they needed to do. Well, you've hinted at it with Kempney. That that injury may never actually render him as effective as he wants. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking with Dave, uh, and Dave said he thinks his hamstring is just bothering him. Even yeah. If it's not physical, it's mental mm-hmm. or, or both. Well, right. Look what happened with Juice last year. You know, different injury, but similar in terms of lower body. Yeah. Probably kept him off the ice for, what, three months? You know, these guys, since they're three years old or whatever, haven't had three months off of skating. Yeah, and it just takes a, a long a time to get yeah. your body right again, right. especially at, at an elite level. But, I mean, obviously they, they, they felt they needed to do something. Um, you know, he's a stay-at-home guy, so does that, that pushes Kempney down to two? And then does that push Jensen down to three, or is Sieg's going to get the third pair with Gudis? Well, tonight it's going to be Kempney on the third pair with um, – why am I blanking on it? <laughs> Juice, Siegs? No, with um, Gudis. Gudis. Okay. Yeah. So right. Kempney and Gudis are your third pair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is that, is that right? Kemp, Kempney? Yeah, and then Orloff plays with. Orloff's definitely still in the second pair. With, with but, Kempney, right? But, no. Kempney's no, with, down in third. Kempney's uh, third Jensen? left. So, so you got Jensen in the middle yeah. pair? Yeah. Oh. Huh. 
So maybe, maybe, maybe. Either way, here, here's the deal, right? Either way, I love Siegs. He <laughs> has not been fantastic. And again, he has been far from the issue. This team has a lot of issues as we, as we've ranted about the last couple of weeks. But, um, having Siegs as the seventh guy just makes me feel a whole lot better because he is extremely competent and he can slot in pretty much anywhere and he does the yeoman's work. Um, but the guy, the six guys we just named, regardless of health and how they're playing, they are six legit NHL defensemen. And so we have six legit guys that we can count on, and that leaves your depth players as Siegs and Faravari and Jews and Lewington and those kinds of guys. That is a really good depth chart if they are playing up to their ability or close to it. And that's going to be the ultimate... Um, trump card here the last month and a half of the season how do we get these guys to play up to their ability benefit the team and move us in the direction we want to go which is peaking the performance come april i don't know the answer but i've said it a million times i still believe we have enough parts to make a deep run whether we do it or not is an entirely different discussion well you know they were the best team in hockey uh six weeks ago and record wise yeah um, and now they are mediocre at best, and they seem to be falling off. Um, I don't know. There are a number of reasons it could be. It could be coaching. It <laughs> could be players. Uh, it could be um, the other teams getting a lot of film and being able to dissect weaknesses and mm-hmm. attack those weaknesses. Right. Um, I think it's, in, in my uneducated opinion, I believe in my – it is a scheme problem, but it's also majority of it is stupidity by the Capitals players of turning the puck over and not playing their game the correct way. I do think this Ovechkin thing is a distraction, um, but that's a it's not. A, but I do think it's a distraction. I, I kind of do too. And I, I think that Ovech and I think Ovechkin <laughs> is. Um, I think they rely too much on him on the power play. And they gotta they gotta start passing the puck and, and doing something different. They gotta um, get into the fucking zone, man. They, they, they gotta get into the zone. They gotta keep get, the puck. Correct. Just keep the puck. Correct. Get into danger areas and, and keep the goddamn puck. Um, I guess it starts though on your in your own end, right? If you're giving up grade A chance after grade A chance, really doesn't matter what you do because the formula of winning six to five in the NHL just really isn't. It, right. it, that, that's not a long term successful plan. So Jeremy's been saying it that regardless of whether you want to blame Holtby, he hasn't been fantastic or not, the, the number of just top-scoring chances that they give up per game is just staggering. Per minute. Per minute. And, may I add, the first 20 minutes. Why we cannot get off the schneid in the first 20 minutes is beyond me. And I, I think I told you guys this. The last 25 games, we're third worst in the NHL in goal differential in the first period. That's right. That's fucking terrible. It's not like we're ending the first period down one nothing, and you go, all right, get it together, boys, let's go. That's like the Todd special right there. I love that. You know, Let the other team you know, have a little bit of success. You, 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 you right the ship a little bit, and then you come back. We're down like 3-1, 3-0, 2-0. Not a formula for you know, enduring success, especially come playoff time. Well, they're definitely in a funk mentally. I mean, something's going on. They just either they're disinterested or, or, or something. But now, you know, you can't do this for too long before this just becomes the new reality. You know. Well, and that's the next argument. Where do you want to trace it back to where this stagnant play has really started? 
I would argue it was right around the holidays. It, it, was, right was, around, around, it was around the holidays. Yeah. Uh, going back to December, I did not feel great as I was watching them play games. I'm going, we're winning, we're winning games against the run of play right now, and that doesn't, uh, that doesn't bode well. And this one guy coming in is not it's not going to be the – I mean, I say that. Michael Kempney seemed to be the guy, the cup here. They got him and things started rolling. Um, I don't I'm, – I'm not sure I expect that at this guy. But I'm with you, but it's amazing to me in a team sport that, that relies on such pace and precision and constant change what one guy can do. Does know? it surprise you, Jeremy, that this guy gets brought in – Jensen stays on the second pair. Kempney goes all the way down to the third pair with Gudis. Does that surprise you? No, only because of the um, sort of the way everything else plays out. Because you're right. It's not one guy. It's not about one guy anyway. It's about what it does to the, the group of six. And if it can push the other five guys into more comfortable positions, um, you know, in this case it's probably not five because we're still seeing Jensen on that second pair. Um, but maybe it makes the, the third pair a little bit stronger, having Kempney down there. So you give them a few more minutes, take a little bit of pressure off the second pair. You know, but I really think that it's still, you know, we were been trying to figure it out for a while now, and it's it was obviously Jensen and Kempney that McClellan's been talking about since about November, and you know I think they're just going to see how it plays out. And just to clear this up, it is you know Dylan and Carlson top line, Orloff Jensen second line, and Kempney Goodis third line. That was the practice line this morning, and also just you know Koozie back in, which is always a good thing. Well, that fucker better start playing. I mean, he's, he's been like shit the past. Well, the last three games, he ended dick. Yeah, he doesn't have a point in the last three games, No, Jerry. but, you know, <laughs> he he turns the puck over. He Obviously, he's not going to play great defense. Um, but he's, you know, it's just go back on the sauce, dude, or go back on the coke. I don't uh, know. Uh, do um, something. Shit. Yeah, you, you've used the term disinterested many times, and I think he fits that term perfectly because you can even see it in his face when he's engaged and when he's not. You know, he goes into the corner and he's like, eh, I got to work really hard to get that puck. I'm out of here. <laughs> he does his little flyby and, you know, heads right. on back to the top of the circle. And, you know, and he'll just like, I mean, you know, like when it rains, it pours, right? So, but he'll, he'll be skating up there, uh, up the ice, and he's trying to do something spectacular. And at the end of the day, he just fucking throws the puck in the middle of the ice and they take it. Now they have an odd man rush, you know? It's just like, you know, my, uh, <clears throat> my, my little, you know, gauge as to how Koozie is playing in terms of interest level and his attention to detail. When he starts taking ozone penalties, I know he's checked out. And that's what I'm really hoping he doesn't do tonight. But how many times, Jeremy, have you seen that where we're having a nice shift? He's cycling, he looks engaged, and then he just goes in without the puck and he'll hook somebody away from the play or do something. And you're like, fuck are you doing, man? You know? Well, also the thing with him is his stick lift is so quick and so accurate, usually, that he can usually just, you know, you know do a nice little pickpocket move, get six inches, six inches closer to the hands, and it's a penalty. And I think that's what we see a lot. And it's lazy. It's, well, he, he leaves it up there too long when he gets caught. It's lazy, caught. or it's just he gets beat. And when you, it's, it's like Bondra used to always do. He would always do that little quick hook, and it's just like, stop doing that. He just did every single game. Anyway, he was, he was good. So <laughs> it was in his bag of tricks. He couldn't but help himself. To well, Jerry's point, with Kuzi, the problem with him is he he is the problem with that. I want when he gets hyper creative. If he fucks up, well, it's it's probably a scoring chance the other way. He he never plays it safe, and usually that's a good thing for us. Where we're playing right now, who knows? Well, we need to get our confidence back. Like Jerry said, we're we're stagnant. We seem <clears throat> something's just off. So. I think the confidence is step one, and you get confidence when you start getting points. 
You get confidence when you start playing a good brand of hockey that leads itself to goals, fewer goals against, and points. I mean, really, really fucking basic formula, guys. Nothing groundbreaking here. But the lack of ability to string some good, consistent performances together is troubling. Um, I almost want to be less confident, though, and stop pressing, stop you know, thinking they can make the, the, the you know, the, the beautiful play because I feel like they have confidence. That's why they keep making these comebacks. You know what? That's a good point. Most of these games, I mean, except for the Philly game, yeah, they look like crap. We're like, what the hell all over again? And then they got the empty net and they're pressing with a minute to yep, go yep. almost every single time. No, you're right. Now, it's almost like they're is, falling yeah. back on that ability to yeah. hit the three late or right. to, you and know. We don't want yeah. that, but it's like, it's almost like, it's okay, it's okay, we'll get it later. It's like, well, Probably, possibly, but how about don't give up three in the first two periods? Well, and if playoff hockey has taught us nothing over the last few years, you can't chase the score in playoff hockey. It's way easier to shut it down, neutral zone trap. Yeah, fewer, and, fewer penalties, all that stuff. Absolutely. So this, to your point, Jeremy, this formula here of, hey, guys, we're down 3-1, but it's all good. We'll come back. That uh, that That is going to run its course here in the next few weeks as you get down to really good playoff-style hockey. I think the next four games are extremely important. You got three at home. You play the Canadians tonight. You go at the Devils. A huge one with Pittsburgh. If not for anything else than fucking mental. Yep. You got to beat these guys. You got to start beating the guys in your own goddamn division. I agree. And then they got the Jets back to back. Um, but, you know, it, it absolutely disgusted me seeing how many Pittsburgh fans were down here <laughs> and all that shit. I mean, they just disgust you in general. Yeah, but the Caps need to take they, – they need to have some urgency because yeah. if they don't realize they're in trouble, mm -hmm. then it's over. I agree. I would love to see – okay, let's go forward now. We've gone back. We've gone present. Let's go forward. What style of play? What It doesn't even have to be a fucking style. Just what do you want to see starting tonight that goes, okay, you know what? These guys are engaged. They're ready. They're they're, they're you know they're coming to play. Give me a play. Give me a player. To, give me something. Puck possession. Okay. Tom Wilson. There you go. I like both of those things. Both of those things would make me sleep better. I agree, Jeremy. Well, I'm going to add vodka to help me sleep better. On top of that, <laughs> that's but, kind um, of a given. But yeah. <laughs> go on. <laughs> but I I want possession, obviously. But I almost think that they need to. I know they just you know played poorly on the road a few games there. But I almost want to see play that road first period. Keep it simple. Get it deep. No turnovers. You don't get any scoring chances. No big deal as long as you don't give any up. Yep. It's like getting the flow. You've been bringing it up all along. They can't get into the flow of the game without giving up a goal. And it's like, well, you know what? Get in the flow. Get ten minutes down. Sort of shorten the game. And then you know your comeback can your two goals can get you up two one instead of down three two. Yeah, that, so, that is a fantastic point. You know, I I'd almost like to see a first period with very few chances either way. Yeah, the, Almost kind of a boring first period. You finish it. The classic it, Todd first period. Absolutely. Where it's like seven shots apiece, two scoring chances, maybe a penalty, Who you know, but not, nobody really had anything of note. And it bores the hell out of me. But it, it, yeah, it's boring as fuck, <laughs> but then you get into the second period and you're like, like you said, you shorten the game. You're like, all right, let's go. Why, why not be up 2 nothing in the first period, then shorten the game after that and win 4-1? I'd love that as well. I'd love that as well. I don't know that this team has that makeup right now. Uh, that's obviously the ideal formula. I think for me, <clears throat> I want to see the forecheck. I want to see him on the front foot in the corners getting pucks deep, like Jeremy said. I want to see him putting the hurt on somebody in a very flow type of way. Don't just fucking hit because the hit's there. 
You know, don't pull a Jamie Ben from the other night. You know, <laughs> what a fucking garbage hit that was. Um, but you know, get into the corner. You know, put your shoulder yeah. into the guy, get the puck, and, oh, and yeah. cycle it, and, and and really start getting on the front foot because then I think that the chances against just aren't there because you're not giving them the ice and the time exactly. and the space. I basically I want to see that puck below the goal line, hopefully in the net, but below the goal line every single time you have the puck. I'm with you. That way they have to go 200 feet, not 100. Bingo. And, and they, if know, that means that there are a couple boring stretches in the game, that's a welcome change to fire wagon hockey where we're on the losing end of you know a bunch of chances. And that's just that's that's what drives your your possession by getting it deep every time. Now, granted, if you're dumping it, you lose possession. But again, the way they're losing possession now, it's turning into you know two on ones from ninety feet away, five times a period, and that's just that's going to kill you. Oh yeah, well it has been. We've well, absolutely, it. absolutely. So now I think this next ten game stretch, we don't need to go eight and two, but I'd love to see like you're right. Jerry, I'll take over for Jerry. Yeah, they need to go ten and zero. <laughs> Yeah, they need to go like six three and you know fuck that. They need to go. They need to start being dominant. They gotta. They you know in, in, the, in the next four games if they lose more than one, it's a failure. <laughs> it's a failure. <laughs> it's a failure. Why even play, Jerry? I mean, these. I don't know. I think, I think Todd Reardon sucks. So, but then again, I thought uh, Turd sucked, and there he's rolling. So, what do I? Have? <laughs> All right. So, go Caps. We 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 bleed the Caps red. Uh, welcome to the family, uh, Brandon Dillon. I hope. Uh, Hope your debut treats you well, but more importantly, I hope that you are a stalwart in the top four and can really help us right the ship in the back end. The only time I'm willing to say dilly dilly because I fucking hate that saying, but I'll <laughs> say it for you. Uh, that's going to be Jeremy's go-to from uh, from here on out now. All right, so let's turn our attention to the gridiron, the burgundy and gold, and look at Jerry just perk right up. We start talking NFL and Redskins. Unfortunately, he's wearing sweatpants. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, he's pitching a tent over there. And uh, and we, we we go right into the don't offseason. Say, don't, say, don't act like you're not excited, big boy. <laughs> well, I am now. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So Here, here's what the Redskins have done since the last time we've spoken. <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember. Cut everybody. They cut Josh Norman. <laughs> Thank they, God. They cut Paul Richardson. Thank God. They cut Jordan Reed. Godspeed, sir. And he is going to apparently continue to play. I, I, I sincerely hope that he doesn't actually pass a concussion test again. And he's well, he already did. He cleared well, the protocol. Well, apparently, but yeah, he there's, got, there's yeah. some there's some red tape there. But go on for his health sake, for his family, for for his way of life going forward. I really hope he's played his last game. Uh, Quentin Dunbar continues to want to be traded. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Dunbar. I know I'm interrupting, and I don't. Go really ahead, care. no, chime in, uh, chime in. But he's uh, really since last week, nothing changed except between last week and this week, everything changed. He walked back his comments, said he wanted to be here, this, that, and the other, and then on Pod Night, trade me. So apparently, I think he's yeah. reinforced the fact that he's getting really shitty information from someone, and he's certainly not playing it correctly. I uh, I assume he sees all this freed up money and wants it to go to him, and when it doesn't go to him, he's like, trade me. He's on a fucking contract, moron. You're under contract for another year. When does that matter? Well, apparently never. But I mean, know. honestly, if if you're the, I mean, it's a two way street. If he was playing poorly, the team would cut him, and we wouldn't be saying you can't do that because he has a contract. So, if you have a contract and you're playing above your contract, I have no problem if you hold out. I just don't know if he's playing really above his contract because he's yeah. only plays in seventy five percent of the game. There's the rub. Well, what do you guys think? I mean, he's talking about you know what, his main thing is. This is last year's deal. None of it's guaranteed. What happens? 
I mean, is it good enough just to guarantee him the money for this year or something? I I, I would know. extend him the seven. I mean, I, I gave you the stats: seven million bucks is is enough for an average corner. I'd give him nine billion bucks for three years. Well, I think that ship has sailed because he he drew a line in the sand, walked it back, and then approached the line again. Yeah. So he pretty much fucked himself. Yeah. And for better or worse, for his sake, now he's dealing with a regime that doesn't really appear like they give a shit. Oh, so you're and, just a player, right? And and I heard somebody today, one of the one of the Redskins insiders, made a really good point. And he goes, "I <clears throat> this particular guy said I like Dunbar. I think we are better with him in the secondary." He said, "However, whether he's on this team or not, you still need competent corners, and we don't have them on the roster." No. He's like, "So you're still out there looking for secondary help, whether he's here or not." So he's he's piping up and, and won't participate apparently if he doesn't have a new ta- uh, new contract. Trent Williams is apparently. Um, Talking about coming back, who knows if that's going to happen. So he's still the elephant in the room, yeah. literally. I mean, um, and then you the the next thing, uh, the next consideration, I assume, is what are you going to do with Trent Williams? What are you going to do with Quentin Dunbar? What are you going to do with Ryan Kerrigan? Um, okay, so Kerrigan's the one. So Richardson's gone, couldn't stay healthy, not a loss for us. Move on, good man, thank you. Uh, Josh Norman couldn't play football anymore, like you said, Jerry. I mean, he can barely run. He's out of there. So you got a couple high-priced guys gone. We've got cap room for the first time in a while. You have a cost-controlled young quarterback. Ding, ding, ding. That's how teams win. That's how they turn it around quickly when you don't have to pay a quarterback $15 bucks. Um, and at this stage, Kerrigan, <laughs> why is he still here? If you're going to draft Chase Young... Then you cut Ryan Kerrigan. Absolutely. Look, Ryan Kerrigan has been a true loyal, you know, football player in this era where there, where loyalty goes out the window, right? He's been on some really bad teams. He plays as hard as he can. Great guy in the community. Wonderful, wonderful human being. The kind of person you certainly want as part of your organization, but not at that price tag for how little he actually contributes at this point. If dead money is zero, if you cut him. Right, which is unusual. I know. And the cap savings would be 11.69. Dude, that, all right, as a business guy, that's a fucking no-brainer to me. I or, know it's heartless, but, eh, well. Or you go to him and you say, you're not in our future. Your years are down. This is a business. Where do you want to go? See, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, give me give me three teams you want to go to, and I'll try to work out the best deal I can. We need to get a third rounder for you. Mm-hmm. We get a third rounder for you. You pick the team we go. You it's go funny to. you said third round. I was like, be lucky to get a fifth. I don't know, man. I mean, he had he he has yeah, I mean, he had five sacks, five and a half sacks last year. Uh, he could probably get the seven again for a. You know, I could see him in Baltimore. He'd be a really good fit in Baltimore. Now, this yeah, is something. trade him for uh, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> That's right. Uh, trade him for a tight end, baby. Great. <laughs> Who's Hayden Hurst's backup's backup? That's what we can trade him for. <laughs> Be better than what we have now. That's for that's for damn sure. So here's something that just occurred to me. So Rivera and Del Rio and these guys really pride themselves on coaching guys up. They like character guys. They like. What if they value the intrinsic part of Kerrigan? I think they do. That's way more than we do. And what if, like you just said, Jerry, it, you know, Kerrigan getting seven sacks again in a season is like a pipe dream to me, but. Who knows? Maybe maybe Rivera looks at it and goes, this guy still has seven, seven and a half, eight sacks in him. You know what? He's on the books. You don't pay $11 million for a part-time player. I agree with you. I'm just trying to think what is their mentality. 
you know. Well, who knows what their mentality is? My guess, their mentality is going to be: we need to clear a class race. We can we can get two starters for this guy. That would for, be for my that, for that money, and I think he's going. I mean, they have no loyalty to Ryan Kerrigan. Who gives a shit? They were in Carolina, yep, and wherever last year, yep. No, and this no. is a, this is a business, man. It's a cutthroat business. It, it is, but they're but they're. Uh, I'm hearing signs of of Rivera really uh, valuing what he considers to be that culture of tough, hard nosed, winning football. And uh, again, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. The fact that he still hasn't been cut. When it to me, it's very cut and dry. Well, pardon the you, you can't cut him until you do the draft. You have to see who you get in the draft to see if because I, I, obviously if you don't get Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan's your starter <laughs> with with Montez Sweat. So, what do you think, Jared? Jeremy? Well, I let's bring in that uh, other guy, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Jeremy? <laughs> well, waiting for Jared to come in here, I'll try to answer the question. Um, now, I just I think that what you just said is is what's the most intriguing part of this is do they really want to keep him around just for that leadership thing? Because that's something that they 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 really value. I think is I don't know if you call it the coach on the field kind of thing, but you need guys in every one of those rooms, you know, at all positions to you know be your right hand. Every room need, needs one for each each position coach, and he can be that guy. Then now, you, then, you extend, for, yeah, then, then you extend, extend him. him. So I mean, again, I don't know the numbers and how they play off of each other, but why not say, hey, we can't give you this 11 and a half a year or whatever it is. We'll give you 21 by three fully guaranteed or something like that. Almost cut the hit in half, still have a player, guarantee the money, you know, maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe the guarantee's a little less, the total's a little more. I don't know. Um, Interesting. Because we're still at a point where, while it's nice having Haskins that cheap, we're still paying a lot for quarterbacks. <laughs> so you don't say, yeah, with Alex Smith. But I, I'm with you. I mean, if you Ryan Kerrigan is not staying here for 11 million dollars, he he will be cut if he doesn't agree to extension. If they want him here, and they will have to, he'll have to take what is commiserate, like I just said with Quentin Dunbar, with his play. Mm-hmm. And you'll look at comp players around the league who has his stats at his age, and you say, this is what I'm willing to offer you. If you're right. willing to take it. We'll keep you. Yeah, I like the idea of like d- double it basically, but spread it out over three years. So you, you know, eleven and a half is coming. We'll guarantee you know twenty three over three years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but then you get the Nick Backstrom. Do you really <clears throat> want Nick Backstrom for five years? You know, it's it's. The, do you really want Ryan Kerrigan for three years? Right. But that third year, if you do have to cut him, then how big of a deal is it? Yeah, that's that, that. That's the part of it. Like Jerry said, I don't know what what becomes dead money at that point. What you know, what stays on the books. Either way, they need so many different positions, and they need so many different impactful players at those positions. Which is why it's still so legit to say, "Hey, what do I prefer, young or more picks?" Yep. I I love. I just you know, Jerry put it in my head months ago. Now I want more picks. I am with you. I want more picks, but you got to have the dance partner. And everybody knows that we want more picks. And those teams that were vying for Tua before. Oh, I don't think so. I think most teams think we're taking Chase Young because he's from Washington and Dan Snyder wants Chase Young. And Chase Young is the best player player in the draft. And and that's my whole point. So at that point, what is the impetus for somebody to trade? Well, the better Tua looks as as we go forward. That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, here's what... And you can't believe anything which comes out now. 
Nothing. I mean, if you believe Miami, they love Tua, and now it's coming, and now they're starting to float the rumor that eh, they really like Herbert, and they're not so high on Tua. So you can't believe any of that. I believe and Detroit loves Tua now. Yeah. They're worried about being. Alive. And who knows what's going to happen with Stafford? But Jeremy, what you said, what intrigues me is if the let's say Burrow goes to Cincinnati, and now you're sitting there, and Detroit wants Tua because they're going to move on from Stafford for whatever reason. Let's say that's true. Now you have Miami panicking because two is gone, right? And they're, they know that they, they cannot, he will not last a five and two will not last a five. So Miami's trading up with somebody to get him. Um, if you can trade with Detroit and move back to three and pick up something and still get the player you want, that's what you want. Yes. And and if if you can convince Detroit that well you want to, but Miami's really offering these three. I mean that's where you get someone to overpay. Yeah, and that and that's where we're at, right? So it's going to go down to crunch time, right? I mean, and and I, someone will overpay. Correct. Overpay. If we can keep our cards close to the vest, even though everybody knows what those cards are, um, we're talking Redskins on the clock, second overall pick, trade time. Correct. This isn't going to happen ahead of time. Too bad the Redskins couldn't think for so. it like they did for RG3. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that this happens on draft night at the time when they're on the clock, and then we hear the little do-do-do, and they come out and they say, the Washington Redskins have traded the second overall pick to said team. And if you, The dream scenario for Jerry is that you hear before the draft that Matt Stafford's gone. And that means that Detroit wants a quarterback. And I'm sure if you're them, you're going to say, I don't care if it's Tua or, or Herbert, Herbert. I like I like both of them, blah, 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 whoever falls to us. But in reality, my guess is they will have selected and targeted somebody to make the move to get rid of Stafford, right? Those two quarterbacks are not equal. And my guess is it would be Tua, right? So now you have multiple teams in the top five who are targeting Tua and that's how you get a massive overpayment. Exactly, because then, then you know that that uh, you know competition comes into play, and you got moving parts and pieces. And like you said, Jerry, you can't trust anybody in the NFL in the offseason, let alone on draft day. So you got a bunch of lying assholes, you know, trying to you know stake their claim for what they're going to do when you know they're shut up, you assholes. Exactly right, and uh, you know, and that's when you hope that the Redskins would be able to cash in on the assets. Now, let me just throw this out there real quick. Is there any chance in hell that Burrow doesn't go first? Of course, there's a chance in hell, but not a very good chance in okay. hell. I mean, Cincinnati needs a quarterback, and he's an Ohio kid, so it's a win-win, you know? Um, but, of course, there's a chance in hell. Like I said, with Chase Young, we are all – I mean, we know what we see, but we also know what we hear, and everybody thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but we don't know what we're looking at. You have no idea what he's like personally. You have no idea if he's going to participate in the offseason. You have no idea if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Sure. They will know that because they will do the investigation. Well, they will work him out. And I trust Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera look at somebody and say, that guy's good. I mean, it's not rocket science. But that no. guy's good. That guy's bad. But you, it's nothing, everything's a crapshoot. But it's not, it's not that hard. To look and say, wow, his hand placement's amazing and his first step is amazing and, you know, he's 270 pounds and he has a six pack. That's crazy. He can add 10 more pounds and still keep, you know, it's not that hard. Right. What you don't know are the intangibles. Is he going to be a problem? Is he going to be a PED problem? Is he going to be a character problem? 
Is he going to be a substance abuse problem? Is he not going to show up? Is he going to complain? Is he going to be a cancer? If he doesn't play on the right side, he's going to be upset he's not playing on the right side. If he, you know, that type of stuff. That's what we don't know. Sure. From all intents and purposes, he looks like a pretty guy, pretty good guy, mm -hmm. you know, and his teammates love him. And it's like George Washington, right? George Washington was the greatest founding father because all the other founding fathers kind of bowed down to him. So that's why you know how great he was, right? <laughs> Chase Young is so good that the Bosa's are like, that dude's amazing, right? That his own peers and people who are really good marvel at him. So hmm. that's, that's, you know, Trey Johnson used to say to me, I don't care what you do in the combine. If you can work out good, why did you not dominate in college? Right. Why didn't it translate? But he dominated in college, and if he runs a 4-5 at 270, are you shitting me? So yeah. you think that one of the reasons that Burrow might not go on one is because of Young as opposed to Tua? I think I think that might be the case. Um, but you, you're absolutely right. What if Tua just fucking yeah. wows everybody? Well, see, that's where I'm going because mm -hmm. last that, that, I, I hadn't yeah. thought about that. That was my leading question, but counselor. But here's the thing with Detroit. <laughs> Tua might wow somebody, but that doesn't mean he's ready to play right at the beginning. He well, that might, could, yeah, that's, that's a he might be on play. track and his hip might be fully healed. That's all we know. But that doesn't mean in August he's ready to step on the field. Yeah, he might be ready until November or whatever. Right? So if you're Detroit and you want him and you know this is Stafford's last year, it makes it unbearable for Stafford, which in that situation, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. But to do the Pat Mahomes thing where you sit him for a year, let him rehab, and now here's your guy. I mean, the best case scenario for the Washington Redskins is one: Trent or Chase Young is so good, and he works out, and he just wows people mm -hmm. that he is by far the best person on the board, and you take him, right? No matter what anybody gives you, yeah, because he's that fucking good at yep. a position of importance. The second best thing is he's good, you know. He's, you know, Mario Williams and all. Or, I mean, uh, the, the you know Bradley Chubb, but. We have generational talents at defensive end every year. So he's good, but he's not that good. And, you know, maybe the other guy's not too bad. And if someone really wants a quarterback and they're willing to give you, you know, the 5th, the 18th, and the 23rd, which is unheard of, right? But if they're willing to give you all that, then you take it. Yeah. yeah. But if, if he is that good, if he's Reggie fucking White, mm -hmm. and he's Nick Bosa and better, you take him. I don't yep. care what anybody offers you. Yeah, and that's I think again that's what we've been saying for a little while. That's what we're we're hoping for. But again, a year ago at this time, Tua was the number one, period for this yep. this year. Yep. So that's why to me it's it's all now. I mean, it's a great point, Jerry, because not only do you have two guys, two quarterbacks that could go one, now we're talking about a third player. Basically, I mean, how often do you have three guys that legit could go one? I don't think that usually happens. I mean, I'm you, not right. because nobody's good enough, because they're all good enough. Right. I mean, that's to me, that's and it that's depends. And, and like Jerry said, the, the the stuff that we don't know about these guys, we will not know until we hear the vetting that the teams have done with them and for them. Um, so it's easy for us as armchair quarterbacks to sit back and go, "Oh, you didn't draft Chase Young. That that, that guy's a twelve sack guy. He's a, he's a he's a disruptor back there. He's everything else." When the reality is, the Redskins go, "Yeah, that's his ceiling." And his floor is he, he doesn't even make it to week one because of PEDs or because of off-the-field issues or whatever else. My concern about the trade-back trade scenario is, let's say, for example, they get the, the the amazing trade, right? They get the 5, 18, and 28 or whatever Miami's got. But you're getting lesser players. Mm -hmm. And the farther you go down, it's a gamble. But it's a gamble. Simmons and Akuda, one of them will be there. Simmons and Akuda, one of them will be there. Yeah. 
I think that this that Simmons guy is so good. He's so good. Oh. You know, we we've said it now, and Jerry, you you absolutely made the point perfectly a couple months ago. You have to draft starters in the first round. Come hell or high water, they have got to. They you have cannot to, miss. You cannot miss. That'll be four years in a row with a D line. Yep. in the first round, right? Yep. Right, but Deron Payne and uh, Jonathan Allen are are solid players, but they're not amazing. Right. Well, like if this guy, what, if yeah, this guy's point. amazing, then then those guys just don't get resigned. And that's the difference between the top five and top twenty, because those guys were in the teams. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So to your point, getting more picks is great, but now you have guys that aren't necessarily, put you know, difference makers. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get a Josh Doxson. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's 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 you know. But hell, at the same time, you do get young. You got your front four for a decade if you want. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. If Chase Young is as good as advertised, and and based on your own evaluation, not what anybody's telling you, um, but based on, and they have Urban Meyer in their ear because he's close with the Redskins. Mm-hmm. So he's telling them what. I mean, there are so many reasons to take him if the guy is is good. Um, in the elite and generational and all that, that it doesn't matter what you offer me, I'm good. Right. The only caveat is what happens if Cincinnati takes them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now what do I do? Now you're definitely trading back because now you have Burrow. I guess the worst situation is is <laughs> you get nobody wants to trade with you. Yep. Because they know that that you're not taking them. So then what do you do? I think you have to take Burrow if he slips to you. And then trade him or trade Haskins. Yeah. The latter. I, I mean, pains me to say, but I mean, no, that, I mean that's what that's what happened with the uh, Philip Rivers Eli Manning thing. That's right, right. The, yeah. the Giants actually took Philip Rivers, yep. and then traded him. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Redskins would do because nobody was going to trade. They couldn't get the trade they wanted, so they yeah. just took him and then held him. Yep. And then an hour later, they had the trade they wanted. That's exactly right. That actually is. It's got to be worst case, right? If that, that's one hundred percent worst case, because then. Then you're at the point where technically Skins and Giants don't need quarterbacks. That means Detroit and Miami are going to get to or Burrow. Yep. Unless the Skins take one of them. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and at that point, like Jerry said, that's why you take them because yeah. now you hold. But now you hold all you, the assets. You can take them and then look at Miami and say, "What do you want to do?" That's exactly right. So now you, you've lost. But, a little but bit I'm with of, you guys. You've lost a little bit of leverage. But I think that that's kind of worst case scenario. I think best case scenario, Burrow's off the board. He's the best player. He's I, think, I think they're taking Chase I, Young. I, I, I think Chase Young is going to show us next week that he is fucking elite. So and when, that's when does the, four, the combine start? 27. Oh, it's soon. And that's and next week on the podcast, I'll give you a preview of the players to work out or to look at when because that's what I do. I just sit around the podcast. I don't go to work. I, 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 I just watch the combine. I know. You know. I, I'm I'm waiting for the 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 private stock you know highlight reel from Jerry Hyatt going. So hey, remember in 2007? Remember this guy? I got I got tape on him. I think when when in in the 40 yard dash is probably the least relevant for a defensive lineman, including Chase Young. It's just a it's a wow factor. What you really want to watch is the three cone drill and how fast he gets off the line. Mm-hmm. The 40 yard dash for the first 10 yards is important for defensive linemen. The rest of it's just... See, for me, the combine is way less about the guys like Chase Young and those guys. 
because you know what they've done because you have it on tape. They like your point about what Trey Johnson said. They've got real honest to god tape yeah. at a high D one. And they've level. talked to his coaches <clears throat> and the coaches that have prepared against him. Exactly. It's it's when you get down into the twenties and then those second, third, fourth round guys, that's when that wide receiver from, you know, Southern Miss who can jump out of the building and he's big and strong and fast, and you go, Well shit. He doesn't have tape because they just weren't any good, but this guy is a gem. To me, that's where the combine comes into play. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I, I think that one of the things that keeps me optimistic is Bruce Allen's gone. Amen. <laughs> he, he's absolutely right. Like the Wizard right. of Oz, you know, he, the Wicked Witch is Dead song just came into my head. He's absolutely right. I think Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, Kyle Smith. You send them to the combine. Keep Doug Williams at home. Send everybody. Send those guys to the combine. Send Doug some texts. And you're everything's gonna, going good, bro. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to get a good evaluation of generally how good players are mm-hmm. and how they fit in your system. Uh, but uh, if you're going to the four three, I'm not sure Ryan Kerrigan can hold up for 16 games at a defensive end position. Well, uh, and that's the thing is, I mean, it, uh, you know, we've been talking about Kerrigan a lot tonight, but I I do think that they want to keep him, but not necessarily as again that. Eleven million dollar starter. Right. They want, you know where? Well, he first of all, he should never have to drop into pass coverage ever again. That should <laughs> ever be, again. That You're, should be in his contract. Or Montez Sweat. They unless be, unless he falls back, they should be moving. They ball. should be moving <laughs> forward, not yeah. backward. I, I agree with that. Well, yeah. You know, you know, and I'm you know, pretty much joking, but you, know, you can drop back into a little bit of his own coverage. You know, let let a corner blitz or something, but you shouldn't be man on anyone ever again. No, um, no, 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 no. No, so, you're 100 percent right, Jeremy. But at the same time, you know, if you can get him a little cheaper, obviously, great guy in the room. What's wrong with having a you know a, a pass rush specialist that can do what he can do? You know, again, not for, for 11, 11 million, million, million bucks, no not, you know, no, not for 11 and a half. Can no he way. restructure the 11 Absolutely. million and say, of course, 100. Okay, of course, so he, that, that, that's what they're going to ask him. Okay, so if he, so if they try, okay, so your scenario is we wait until the draft. We don't do anything with Kerrigan now because we don't have to. So you wait. Chase Young is as good as advertised. You draft him, and you go, Ryan, here's the deal. You're not a starter, but you're going to play. Or you're playing outside linebacker. Maybe he can play outside linebacker. Or he was a say, defensive end at Purdue. He was. He was. So you say, hey, look, you're going to be, you're going to be our, our, you know, our specialist type guy. You are going to help these young guys learn. You are going to chime in. When it's all said and done, you're going to have less wear and tear on the tires. We don't need you to have the 16-game grind that you've had. You don't past. need 75 plays, right. whatever. Is four mil good for you? You're staying at home, five mil, wh- whatever. You know, you don't have to move the family. You're the face of the fucking franchise. You're going to look like a hero if we can turn this thing around. But I don't need your full time well, services. That's where I don't know if there's a good website for this stuff or whatever. I I'd like to do the what's the sliding scale on guaranteed money versus total money? You know, because that's where you just say, look, you know, we'll give you a million or two more total guaranteed than than the market would, would bear. But we'll just give you a little bit less overall, whatever it might be. Again, if that means, hey, you give them thirty million with fifteen guaranteed, it's almost the same. You know, it's ten million a year if it's over three years or whatever. Can you like raise the guarantee and drop the total? I don't know. All I know is there is a way to extend him, which is cap beneficial for yes. the team, and yeah. he still gets paid some money. Right. And when it's all said and done, that's that's the scenario I would like to see happen. If he gets cut before the draft, it is because. They have watched him. They have looked at him, and they just realize he cannot play. Right, and they want to get rid of him. Right, and and they think they can draft somebody in the third round who is better than him. 
And like you said, they probably would have done it already if they were going to. So, well, I don't know. I mean, it, this is early on. They just cut Jordan Reed today. I think, I think, I think you're more likely than right, Jeremy. They see that he has value. They're just trying to see how things go mm-hmm. in the draft, how things go in free agency right. before they let him well, go. How things go with Dunbar? I mean, you know, it's like you don't you don't <laughs> break up with your current girlfriend until you have the new one lined up. Right? <laughs> Depends how many new you like you to look them all over. Allegedly, first. <laughs> you like to know what your options are. Um, I, I am, I'm optimistic because I do think Rivera is a good guy. Uh, I think he knows how to evaluate talent. I think he knows how to assemble a staff, create a culture in the locker room, etc. I'm not super hopeful that that's going to translate into wins next year because there's just too many holes on this team to correct via free agency in the draft in one year. We don't have an established quarterback. And in the NFL, that's where it's at. Would I like to see them give the keys to the car to Dwayne Haskins? Yes. Is he good enough? I don't know. <laughs> um, and I don't remember where I heard it, but it was, it was on all these Trent and Dunbar, all these other rumors going on, that somebody was saying that they are hearing that Dwayne is their guy. But they want to make sure he stays. You know, they don't want to tell him that and let him get comfortable. Right. They want him to to work, especially right now. Now, maybe that changes before training camp, whatever it is, or even before OTAs. But they, they he is their guy, but only if he puts in the work. They right. want to make sure he does that. So they're going to throw the lure out there, and they're going to let him nibble on it a little bit. But they don't want to set the hook until right because everything's. I, I, think, I think what Doug Williams said was exactly right. Yeah. Are, he's our guy. But if he doesn't, if he comes in and acts like a prima donna and acts like he's entitled, it's just and acts like he work. <laughs> it, it, then they'll get rid of him. That's right. Look over weird. your shoulder, and there's Colt McCoy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> but it's just no. It's it's reality. It's like, it's like yeah, he's our guy if he performs, and it, but it's not just about Sunday performance. It's about the whole week. And so. let's be honest, I don't want him to be the quarterback if he's going to act like a fucking diva, right? And he's not going to start working out with his receivers, and he's not going to put in film, and he's not going to be the first guy in, bat, last guy out type mentality. I I don't know if he is or not. I have no. I don't know the guy. I I, I don't either. And that's. I guess that's where I'm a little conflicted because my heart wants him to be that guy. We but, all we all want him to be that but, guy. But if it's just not in his makeup to be that way, then you got to move on. If he's going to be like RG3 was, and he's going to start demanding things, and it's going to be his way or the highway, and he's got the owner's ear, we are all in trouble. Yeah. I mean, we are all in trouble for the Redskins because they're not – they need somebody who's willing to be humble mm-hmm. and a leader. And yeah. I think that's what Rare wants. They want him to be the guy. It's not like they don't want him to be the guy. Right, but you can't just elevate a guy to a leader position. You have to grab that right. as a player. Who's only played two years of football. Right, right. Okay, all right. We'll bring Cardell Jones the backup and, <laughs> and look over his shoulder. I love Cardell Jones. He's so great. Defenders. It looks like Jeremy out there throwing the ball. <laughs> that guy fucking rocks. It's a lot man. better than me. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Uh, You're a tremendous slouch, Josh. Exactly I'm right. definitely a tremendous slouch. <laughs> All right. So, so the, you know, the next few weeks will be really important. Uh, how much information do you think is going to come out about guys like Chase Young and the top-end talent guys? I think uh, teams below the Redskins will try to leak out information mm. to make him slide. Gotcha. False or not false, you know? Um, God, that, what in – what like a dirty, icky industry the NFL is, man. It is. My I mean, God. They will leak out poor information through their own. You know, like it's no it's no um, secret that uh, Schefter 
and the dude from the NFL Network who breaks all the Redskins stuff. He's that guy's a shill for the Redskins. So when they want to leak something, that's who they go to. Um, everybody has that. The Miami Dolphins have that. Armando. Oh Segura, no, no, no! Right? Everybody has it. But so, it, it so, makes so, you want to go home and like take a shower. Yeah, but, but if you're gross. the Giants, if you're the Giants, and you really want fucking Chase Young. Maybe you start. Hey, this is what I'm hearing. Yeah, you know, he said he he was kind of a a, a problem child in, in Ohio State to and, make. And this is where was. I sincerely hope that the buck stops with Rivera. And if he and Del Rio have made up their mind that they're gonna put blinders on to all the other nonsense and go, fuck you guys, this is our guy. And uh, you know, you guys remember what happened to Laramie Tunstall? They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. leaked that fucking video of him smoking weed. That's right. I just thought that was an atrocious thing to do. It was. I, the night before the draft, you leaked that when you've known about it. Oh, they had that at their fingertips for, oh. for months. You know, And it was one of those teams that wanted him to slide so they could pick an opportunity. That's, that's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. But I could be – I have no idea. I could eh. be – but it just makes sense. It, it, it does. It does. Uh, what a bunch of babies NFL execs are. Yeah. Well, let's just hope we get our guy. And if it's young, I hope that – if Chase, if Chase Young goes to the combine and runs a four eight, then we're trading down, <laughs> you know. And if he looks like right, he looks right. terrible and does yeah, like a, yeah. But my he, guess is he's going to rep out two twenty five in the twenties, and, and that's what I was thinking four, too. Five for four six. I just have a feeling he's going to be the guy that you know goes out there, everybody oohs and ahs, and then he does his thing, and they go, "Yeah, that's exactly okay. what we thought he was going to do." If so, I was him, I would run one forty. If it was good, I wouldn't do anything else. So here's here's what you do. This is the this is the solution to all the problems right here. So what you do is you tell Dwayne, look, we're going to start talking shit about you. We're going to say you suck. So everybody thinks, you know what, Skins do need to take Tua or Burrow or whomever. Brings the interest back up from all the, the, the Chase Young slide talk and just, you know, tell Dwayne, we're going to talk shit about you, but don't worry. It's, it's, it's all bullshit. Why not? Make it look like we need a quarterback. I think we just take fucking Chase Young and get him yeah. 12 sacks and Suez gets 12 sacks and... We're fucking destroying people on defensive line. Like, I would love that. That's the simplest answer. Simplest answer is yep. usually right. Well, you know, I, I, I sincerely hope that he is fit, in shape, he has good advisors, um, and I hope that that Ohio State connection really comes into play in our in And our he's favor. from Hyattsville. And he's from Hyattsville, you know. I mean, there's you, a lot of reasons you basically to take throw, You could throw a rock from Hyattsville to Landover. Um and uh, that that you that, probably that break is something. <laughs> well, you definitely will. Um, no, but that is uh, that that is a huge connection in this area. And now, like you said, you got Haskins, you got Young, you got that, uh, you know, the good old boy network. That, that 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 could be the start of something. You know, let's go Terps. Let's go Terps. Maryland, I, we're all behind you. Terps, I believe you all the way. <laughs> I believe in you. The skins can take Ant Mac in the fifth round. We bring another uh, local boy home. All right, so here are your Maryland Terrapins, currently number seven in the country. How did they just move up that? I mean, well, well they were just, nine the night. Duke the, the, just the week got before. crushed, right? Well, they were they were nine the week week before that. They were thirteen. They were fifteen. I mean, they've well, Louisville lost twice and they dropped, and then they leapfrogged Florida State. I think you know had a couple of mediocre wins. Um, okay, they should so, be number three because some of those top five teams suck. All right, so that's what I was thinking. Relatively. All right, so here is the remaining schedule, and it starts Sunday, and it's not easy. Sunday at number twenty-five, Ohio State, tough game. Ohio State has uh, they've come back into the fold a little bit. Looks like they they were 
They were great early. They were absolutely dreadful in the middle. And <laughs> the boosters are paying them again. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to yeah. play hard. <laughs> That's right. But we're getting paid. That's right. The cash is flowing again. Life is good in Columbus. Uh, then they have to go on the road next week to Minnesota. And Ricky, you, Ricky Patino Jr. <laughs> and you can laugh all you want at that, but it's a 9 o'clock Eastern game, February 26th, a Wednesday Ugh. night. I mean, that has all the makings of Minnesota's not going anywhere. That could be their last little swan song of the year. You know, they get excited. They got some athletes. Ricky Patino Jr.'s coaching. Ugh. Not an easy game is where, where I'm going with that. Followed by a rematch with Michigan State at home next Saturday night. Followed by on the road at Rutgers. And then back home against Michigan, who, like Ohio State, has come back into the fold. And they are right back into <clears throat> being in that tournament discussion. So, four and one. Yeah, so five games left. I mean, if you go I'm four and soft, one. Jerry. If you go four and one in the last five games and you win that first game in the Big Ten tournament, wherever that is, I mean, they're either the fourth number one seed or they're the top number two seed. I agree with you. If they drop a couple somehow in there, which is very possible. Because we have torch. We're in that low end two to high end three range. At this point, I don't think they really drop much further than that, right? I mean, they're probably a two or a three. Unless there's a swoon. I I think they basically have to lose out not to get a two. Um, They're there. A three. So, as exciting as as they have been. Man, I don't want a 12-3 fucking matchup. Those things are awful. Well, it's not a 12-3, but that's okay. Isn't it? No. Maybe 12-5, 14-3. Yeah. It's 14-3. Well, you're going to get some whitey with a bunch of seniors <laughs> on. <laughs> Unless you're a number one seed. I'd rather be a, a one or a two or a six or a seven. Hmm. The three, four, five is a danger zone. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. So here are a couple of little stats that one of the reasons they're here is sticks. I mean, Jalen Smith is playing like – the preseason All-American that everybody thought he was going to be. Jesus. He is all of that. He is three, some. Three or four of the reasons. He's amazing. Fucking crazy. <laughs> Anthony Cowan is logging minutes like, I mean, like a like a pro. Didn't you say it, Todd? Yes. Jeremy, that pick and roll with those two, those guys need to touch the ball every, every offensive set. Correct. So, a couple. what was it, six weeks ago, I think Jeremy and I both said it. We're like, there's no reason this team should go five, six, seven minutes in a game without a field goal when you've got Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan on the roster. Since then, their minutes have been so consistently high. I heard a pundit on ESPN say the reason he doesn't think Maryland's going to go very far is because they're a, two, a two-man team, to which Jay Billis countered and said, that's what every great team in March has. Exactly. He goes, every single team has senior point guard that can lead, and he, they, they shot up Anthony Cowan, and he goes, and you have a dominant big man, and in this day and age in basketball, they have to be able to play inside and outside because that's the NBA talent type player. The two-man team uh, analysis is so lazy with those two because two-man team can be bad, but not when those two guys are through the top 25 players in the country. I mean, you know, deal with that. Andy Katz, I know he's kind of a Maryland guy anyway, but he's, he even brought up, he's like, he brings up Morcel. Yes. And brings up... Um, Morcel might uh, be the, the MVP yeah. of this team. When and then he really brings up Scott. What I love is that means the fifth guy in that scenario is Wiggins, and that kid can fill it up whenever he wants to. If he's and the then, fifth option, Jesus. And then you go to Ayala, yeah. who is absolutely you know just rock solid, you know, with the ball in his hand, can play defense, good from the free throw line. This is a really really good team. The one the one trip up that they can have, well, two trip ups. Turgeon has not been great in big situations. Oh, he's been better this year. Way better this year. 
Um, they've been better out of timeouts, late games. They don't freak out. By the way, how great were the last three minutes on Saturday against Michigan State? <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. I haven't yelled like that, like, in, like, exuberance in a long time at a Maryland game. I was at a bar, and I know, I mean, it's can't. Sure, it's can't. The uh, Terps had a great first half. Yes. And then I turn around, and in the first five minutes of the second half, it's, like, tight. You know, Michigan State's rolling. Yep. And then I was like, well, that's not good. And what then I look back, and... Michigan State has extended the lead, mm-hmm. and then I look back, and Maryland's caught the one in like 30 seconds. Yep. And I was like, wow, it's going to be good, and they just took over. So yep. that's the second, at least the second time, but with in, in a barn that's really hard to win in. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. in Indiana, where they've come back from, I mean, they, they're showing fucking toughness, which I is know. awesome. Well, and Jeremy, Jeremy said it, uh, uh, Winston from... Uh, Michigan State, who's just a tough, awesome point guard. Yeah. He said it in his post-game press conference. He was like, this is a different team. He goes, we had to beat them with toughness, and we were there. We were the tougher team until they were the tougher team. And he goes, this Maryland team hasn't been like that before. Right. And he goes, they're just so hard to play against. And so you can win with two players of that caliber if everybody else is buying in and knows their role. Yep. And yep. nobody's trying to fight it. Yep. And, and I'm with Jeremy. That analysis to me is so fucking lazy. I'm not uh, saying it's not true in some situations, but you got a guy who's going to be at worst a top twenty pick, and then one of the you know best senior point guards in the country, if not the best. So, which is the most important position? Yes, you said because it. at the end of the game, when it's a tight game, and there will be tight games in the tournament. Of course, you want him with the ball and getting fouled. That's correct. And he's well, going to knock him down. The last yep. couple minutes of that game, I mean, they're unbelievable. They're just the, the way he just Callen just came in sticks to, but Callen mostly and not only shots. not only drilling those those key shots, but how they deed up Michigan State in their barn. <clears throat> I mean, they gave them nothing down yeah, the stretch. forced Winston to take a 25-footer, you know, contested. Yep. And then Tillman basically fell over himself three different times. <laughs> but great. you're only as good as your next game. Only as good and as your next game. And now they got to yep. win at Ohio State. That's going to be a tough one, roll. So if you're, if, you're a, if you're a final, you know, final eight, final four type team, these are games you got to win. Yep. Yep. Now I'm excited to see these guys play down the stretch. I'm really hoping that the sour taste that that LSU game left in their mouth last year – because Sticks even said yep. he was crying after that game. He's like, I really thought we were going to go really far. Mm-hmm. He goes, I never, it, leading up to this game, he goes, was I nervous? Yeah. He goes, never in my dreams did I think we would be the losing team in this game. And right. he looked heartbroken. And I'm hoping that that fuels them to get back to, you know. Oh, I think they want to win. Oh, no, yeah. they definitely do. They but just it's, need it, to know. They need to know how to win. It's so funny in college basketball how that happens from year to year. If you go back to the year that Maryland won the national title, the year before they had that Cinderella run a little bit to the Final Four, went out, you know, in painful fashion, and then came back and got their shit together, right? Or look, UVA losing, or the look NBC. at UVA exactly. <laughs> they go out in epically embarrassing fashion, Capsule and then scored, and then uh, turn it around and win the whole fucking thing. So you know, let's win the whole, let's win the whole, whole fucking thing. Fucking that should be thing. that. Should they be. need to get a picture of some chick in a bikini and start taking off clothes on every tournament win. Do you know how many NCA sanctions that would probably result oh, in this day and age? It sounds like a great idea, but there's all kinds of problems. <laughs> That's like 1989. Uh, the, the reference there is Cleveland Indians 1989 for Major League. That would definitely not fly today. If you don't know the reference, fuck yourself. Turn the podcast off. <laughs> how many of your Pittsburgh uh, friends know that reference? They're, oh, they, they score? No, they didn't. No, I don't think the puck went in the net. They've, so had, no. um, they've had two breakaways. So far, they being Montreal. They're, they're doing good, though. It's only two in the first five minutes instead of four. Well. Fucking Todd Rubin! And you pastry-making motherfucker. 
Hey, that's, yeah. that is a great sign-off for the week. So go Terps, go Caps, Skins. Don't do anything stupid in the next few weeks. You Actually, all you have to do is just you know vet the players and do your due diligence. You don't actually have to do anything. So don't fuck it up. Um, our expectations are really high here at Wings, Beers, and Tears. Yes. Yeah. My life sucks. <laughs> Strike this fucking guy out. That's exactly right. And with that being said, thank you again for listening. Go ahead, download, subscribe, give us a listen, iTunes, uh, uh, Google Play, wherever, wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. Find the Wings, Beers, and Tears chicken. He's drinking a beer. He's crying, much like us every week. And until then, we will see you on the flip side. See you. Peace.